Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Mother's Day messages are not easy for the reasons you just saw. There are many different scenarios that exist with regard to mother-children relationships. Some just have a wonderful, loving relationship, and that's absolutely marvelous, and today is a glorious, glorious day. Others have been abandoned by a mom, and so it's very difficult for them to celebrate Mother's Day. And then the list goes on and on. Some, let's say, have experienced abuse. And as a result, it's just not a good time for them to think about celebrating a day like today. So when it comes to a, a message, you try to reach out to touch, as that video did, all the different scenarios that might exist, realizing and recognizing the fact that it takes the spirit of the living God to truly penetrate the hearts of people and bring comfort, healing, and wholeness. And, and during this time, as I was just contemplating this, throw that scripture up, if you wouldn't mind, that first one, Matthew 15. It's talking about a, a mother, and there are many wonderful mothers in the Bible that you could refer to, especially the mother of Jesus, Mary, the mother of Jesus. You could think about mother of Moses, Jochebed. You could think about Sarah, and the list goes on and on and on about the different wonderful mothers. But this one I just chose just for a moment to give you an opening here. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son David. Son of David, my daughter is severely, notice this, demon-possessed. What a horrible situation. But he answered her not a word, unlike the Jesus that we know. But his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She's crying after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, notice she worshipped him, got his attention, Lord, help me. Hmm. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to a, the little dogs. Hmm. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. This is a Gentile woman. Look what he says. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And sometimes I've contemplated just in my mind, I'm just thinking about the reunion when she went back to her house and found her daughter completely free from all demonic activity. Can you imagine what kind of a you know, welcome that was, and how excited she was. Oh my goodness, absolutely. Well, you know what, we've been talking about faith recently, and I'm just calling this a mother's faith. 
a mother's faith, and look at what she would do. It didn't matter to her if he belittled her in any way, calling her a dog. But she understood that even a dog had a right to a crumb that would fall from the master's table. And that's all it took. You know what? She wasn't walking away without the crumb. Amen? Of all the mothers of the Bible, we could see these people of faith impacted the lives of their children as a result of their faith in God. I want you to watch this video. It just came out again. The 700 Club just sent it out again. So we just saw it. So just enjoy well, before his first birthday, Andrew had to overcome a host of problems, from chicken pox to the rotavirus to a staph infection, all without an immune system. Through it all, though, his parents held on to a promise of life, and here's why. When I delivered Andrew, at first the doctor looked a little puzzled, and I said, there's so there seems like there's something wrong because he's blue, and my other children weren't that color. And then I knew that there, there was something tragically wrong with this child. When Kristen Ann Zavino delivered her third child, Andrew, she and her husband, Bill, received shocking news. Well, the doctor came in and he said he's, he's not dead, um, but we do have to call in a life flight team. Andrew was born with partial DeGeorge syndrome, a condition that can have 180 side effects, including the underdevelopment of Andrew's pulmonary arteries. Their doctor offered them little hope. They were going to fly him to a hospital in Pittsburgh. And they thought, from what he looked like, he had a heart defect of some sort. And he says, I'm not sure if he'll make it. And um, do you want someone to come in and do the last rites? I just laid there and I thought, I, I cannot believe. You think you're going to go in and have this baby and you're going to be coming home with this little baby. I had two other little children at home. And I'm thinking, this cannot be happening. Bill was instantly reminded of a story from the New Testament and heard a voice speaking to him. Like a flash, I just remember the story of Jairus in the Bible where he was told, be not afraid, only believe, even though his child had already died. Fear not, only believe. I said, we believe. He said those words, and um, there was something about it that was scary, but there was also something about it that overtook your fear. And you thought, okay, he's going to, he's going to make it. When Andrew arrived at Pittsburgh's Children's Hospital, the doctors discovered he had no left pulmonary artery. And when they came into the room, these two head cardiologists at Children's Hospital, and they just said, look, we've got good news for you and bad news for you. The good news is Andrew is still alive. The bad news is he needs surgery now. He's only 14 hours old. Here's your options. We could bring him here into the room and let you hold him and let him die in your arms. Or we can take that, him into the surgery room and let him die there. Those are your two options. The Anzavinos opted for surgery, but continued to believe for their baby's healing. But I do remember thinking, okay, well, just do what you have to do. God's going to get him through this. And um, they said, you could come out and see him go through the hallway. And I remember going out, and he was in this the same little incubator. And I remember looking at Andrew and saying, Andrew, I am your mother, and you will live, and you will grow up and you're gonna have a prosperous and a productive life, and you're gonna to listen to me. You are going to live, and I'll see you when you get out. Andrew survived the surgery, but a host of other health issues began to surface. And it was one wave after another of bad news, so the next bad, bit of bad news was there was no thymus. Which means the immune system is like an AIDS patient, which means he can't fight off any sickness or disease at all. Still, the Anzavinos continued to believe for Andrew's healing, and Andrew, 
continued to amaze his doctors. So within the first nine months of his life without an immune system, he overcame a staph infection in the heart, a Broviac line infection, then the chickenpox infection, and fourthly, the rotavirus infection without an immune system, which we believe was by the hand of God. You know, we would pray together, and we'd have this set of scriptures, and he wrote these scriptures down on a piece of paper. I mean, there would be days that I wouldn't sleep. I would take out those scriptures that he wrote down for me, and I would just say them, and I would look at them as, this is medicine, and I declared it, and it has to work, it has to respond. Of course, Mark 11, 23 and 24, speak to your mountain, command it to go, and it will go. Um, the next verse, verse 24, believe you receive, and you will have, but also, Psalm 118, verse 17, that says, I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Um, and then 1 Peter 2, 24, with his stripes, we were healed. Andrew's biggest hurdle, however, was the lack of a pulmonary artery. And so we said, Lord, they said he doesn't have one. We're asking you to give him one. And we believe we receive a left pulmonary artery for Andrew. And we started thanking him for that. And during the catheterization, they discovered that Okay, he's got a thread for a left pulmonary artery. And that thread is almost like the tip of a pin when it's supposed to be the size of an eraser, like a pencil eraser, and this artery is never going to grow because where there is no blood, there is no growth. Periodically, they would come in and like, uh, do a, an echosonogram and, and look at the artery, and I remember they would try to measure it. One time the doctor came in and he was doing the scan and he said, oh, I could see it, it's a little bit bigger. I said, see, I told you it's getting bigger. So for us to hear that it was a thread was exciting. For them, it meant nothing. But we believe that from nothing to a thread means the beginning of a miracle. At nine months, Andrew was scheduled for a catheterization to repair his artery. But prior to the surgery, one of the doctors noticed something unusual. He grabbed me in the hallway and goes, it worked, it worked. It's, it's the right size, it doesn't even need repaired. And I said, I know, I knew it was going to grow. Over the next several years, Andrew continued to overcome every obstacle he faced. I was very tenacious about what I believe. And he had to say 11 words by the time he was three for him to go to regular preschool. And would you believe it? He said 11 words. And I was like, count them, count them. He says 11 words, he can go to preschool. Today, Andrew is a healthy 16-year-old who knows God has a special plan for his life. I really love to play the piano, and I go on my phone, type in YouTube, search up any song I want, and then just learn it from there. Like in the future, I like to play for a worship team, and I study God's Word all the time. And Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to I leave, and I say it every morning. He's a powerful witness for Jesus in school, and unashamedly does he share his faith, unashamedly. The Anzavinos tell his story in their book, We Believe. They were assuming he would die and yet he's 16. I mean, we go to visit the doctor for our checkups and they're like, he could just live as long as anybody else. They don't even know what to expect from him. They're, he's just a walking miracle. That little boy is a walking miracle. Now he's, a, am sure, a grown young man. And you can be a walking miracle too. In reality, we all are because we are all 
children of the Most High God. God has breathed his breath of life into all of us. But if you're walking through a storm, through a difficult situation where you need the healing touch of heaven, stand firm in the promises of God. I love what Andrew's mom said. She was tenacious in what she believed. She dug her heels into the ground and she stood firm, believing that her son would live and not die but live and declare the good works of the Lord to show forth his glory. My word of encouragement to you and for myself is when we come into those times of uncertainty where we get a doctor's report, we don't know what's going on. Maybe just dig our heels into the ground and say, no, I will be unshaken, not by anything I can do or what the doctors can do, but I am unshaken because what my God can do and he will do. Believe that today. May we all be tenacious in what we believe in. And that is the healing power of the cross. It is the healing that Jesus gives all of us. Amen. That was a little hard to get through. <laughs> well, indeed. And here he is. Amen. Hello. And we're just going to let him tell his own story. Yep. So I want to thank all of you that prayed for me when I was a baby. And I want to thank my parents because they believe and pray for me too. And my life scripture says, Mark 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 23 says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him believes. So my parents, they believed and prayed for me and I believed and they believed and God delivered me for whatever I went through. And the journey began at the Beaver Cemetery. And I was just six years old. Going to be 22 now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was six years old. <laughs> and um, I was driving my leg in a queen car. I missed that little thing. <laughs> and my mom was walking. And our dog was walking, Rocky. Mommy had him. I was driving my light blue queen car, and all of a sudden I stopped and stared at the statue of Jesus Christ. And I was like, whoa, I remember something. And I said to myself, I remember something. And my heart was racing. I had chills all over me. And so Jesus said, my mom, when my mom came closer, and she, I told her, Mom, there's Jesus. And she said, oh, how do you know that's Jesus? Have you seen a picture of him before when we pass him out on Easter time? I said, no, Mom, don't you remember? Jesus told me that he would give me a whole heart, make me big and strong, and not want you to go back and tell everybody all about me. And then I said, okay. So my mom, she was amazed at what I told her. 
because I never said anything like that before at that time. And so um, my mom, she was watching a TV show, Colton Burpo. And Colton Burpo said, when he died, he went to heaven. He saw Jesus, and he knows what heaven looks like. And my mom saw the TV show, and Colton's dad said, Hey, Colton, do any of these pictures identify Jesus? And Jesus said, no, Colton said, no, none of these identifies him. So when Colton's dad showed him the one from Akhiana Kramerik, Colton said, that's him, that's Jesus. And my mom, my mom printed a picture of Jesus. One day showed it to my family. And my friend Brandon, he, they, saw, they all said no. But when they showed it to Dante, Dante said, is that Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, huh? <laughs> what a guy, huh? <laughs> so when they showed it to me, I looked away from the video game very quickly, like this. And I said, whoa, that's him. That's Jesus. I told you I saw him, you believe me now? Well, of course they did believe, of course they did. And so the first time, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, um, it says, we are confident, yes, well, pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And a lot of people quote this scripture, but to me it's a reality to me because I experienced it. So the first time when I was in heaven, I saw, I was just standing around, and I saw beautiful flowers around me, and the flowers were big and shining, and I saw streets of gold, and the gold was pure, and I saw some grass, and then that was the first time, and heaven is very colorful, and it smells so good, and the second time, second time it gets more exciting. <laughs> So the second time I was walking on grass and right next to me where I was walking, I saw streets of gold and I saw a bench. And so I sat down on the bench and the middle of it when I looked straight ahead, I saw a bright light and the bright light was walking towards me. At the same time, I knew it was Jesus. So Jesus walked towards me and Jesus sat with me. And the moment when he sat with me, that is when I saw his face. And Jesus, I said, Jesus? I was shocked. <laughs> and then he said, hey, Andrew. And then we knew each other's names without asking. And so he said, I am going to give you a whole heart, make you big and make you strong. And I want you to go back and tell everyone all about me. And I said, okay. And here I am. I'm back. I was a baby, once again. <laughs> and then, um, I, as I grew older, I told people the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I, also my testimony as well. And I had this one friend, Anthony. He was an atheist his whole life. And um, he was an atheist his whole life, and I shared with him of the gospel of Jesus and my testimony. and. Two years, after two years of teaching him about Jesus, I led him to the Lord. 
and he was so happy. He was so happy. And we were all happy. And he was happy. He said, oh, I feel tinkly inside. <laughs> tinkly, huh? And it was amazing. I still remember that day like it was yesterday. And um, so my, my mom printed the uh, picture of Jesus Christ from Akiana. She um, showed it. I was like, I think I did that part already, huh? So, Colton Burpo, after that, and with a conclusion, we should never be afraid to die. Because the moment when your body dies, you will wake up in heaven and be with the presence of the Lord. And so, it's the most wonderful feeling to ever happen. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And um, so when I was in heaven, I felt so comfortable, so peaceful, joyful, and happiness. And it was awesome. I wanted to stay there. But I do understand that he wanted me to come back so, because he wants everybody to make heaven. And I'm here to help Jesus. Amen. And, Amen. Yep. and I love Jesus so much with all my heart. And I'm here to help him. It makes me happy that I'm here to help him. And, um, and since it's Mother's Day, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. And my mom, she stood in faith for me, and I love her so much. Amen. 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 So much. A mother's face. Andrew is healed. Oh. Bill and I, we do not waste unbelief, but we are strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. We know that what God promised, He is able, He's willing, and He's eagerly hearing to perform it. And on June 25th, 2001, God came down and gave my son a brand new heart and made him whole. And uh, before you do that, oh. <laughs> what's the most wonderful thing about heaven? The most wonderful thing about heaven was seeing Jesus. Amen. And Jesus loves all people with an unconditional love. Amen. And he wants everybody to make heaven. Okay, so we're going to ask you a hard biological scientific question. Big word. <laughs> if you were only 14 hours old, how did you know to talk? What, what, what was it like? I just knew in heaven. You just knew as you were known? I didn't know how old I was in heaven. I knew I was there and able to talk. So you weren't just a little baby on that bench? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to say grown man. Grown <laughs> 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 man. Now, how bright was the light that was coming towards you? It was so bright, brighter than a new day sun. You know, when he told me about pure gold, now he's six years old. We've never asked him a question about this. And he says, yeah, it was gold, it was pure gold. Quoting scripture, you know, it's pure gold. And to him, it was just commonplace, you know. Um, you say the smell. Now, when you say the smell, is there anything that you can compare the smell to? Pizza? <laughs> well, I wish. <laughs> well, it doesn't smell like any kind of food. It just smells, it's like a warm feeling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like, really warm feeling of smell. And what kind of emotions did you feel, the feelings that you have in that environment? Um, I felt so comfortable, peaceful, joyful, and happiness. And we have that here, but in heaven, it's a lot more in heaven, more powerful. In and what about love? Love is just, and I can, overfeeling love. Oh, overwhelming? By the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And when you looked into the eyes of Jesus, what was that like? I was, that made me so happy. And the eyes of Jesus was really wonderful to see. Indescribable? Undescribable. Mm. Wow. And it was just amazing to see him. And most people think that, you know, he's not real, but he's real. He's alive. I saw him. Well, yeah, they can't. He is alive. Yeah, not the only one. <laughs> okay. He is alive. Now the sun is uh, the, yeah the sun is ninety three million miles away from the earth. Wow. That's that's, a, that's quite a distance. I'm assuming uh -huh. that heaven is a lot farther. Uh huh. Right. Of how course. long did how long did it take you to get there? How long was the ride, the journey? Like a flash, like this. That quick. Uh huh. And you're right there. Uh, like teleportation. Teleportation. And that's a big word. <laughs> that's a big word. Teleportation. That's a big word. <laughs> it's a big word. <laughs> oh my that goodness. Was awesome. I didn't you need know. a vehicle. <laughs> you didn't need a vehicle. No. No? How much was the plane ticket? Zero. Zero. <laughs> no expense whatsoever. Um, it is a joy to really just to be at home and listen to Andrew talk about over and over again this experience that he had uh, with the Lord and just to see just the motivation that he has just to go back. He says, but I know that Jesus wants me to stay here and tell other people that heaven is really a real place, mm -hmm. you know, and people, of course, a lot of people doubt that, but um, it's real. It's real. And I, I do believe that like, like his friend that finally came to a place where he realized that it's real. Um, that he gave his heart to Jesus. And so God needs every single one of us to be used in whatever way he wants to use us to communicate the love of God to people and also the fact that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. Mm -hmm. You know, for some reason, I don't know why that many shy away from preaching that blessed truth, but there's a heaven to gain and we don't get there on our good works. We only get there one way. Like many say, there's many ways to heaven. There's not many ways. There's only one way and Jesus is the only way truth in life. Mm -hmm. Notice he wasn't there sitting down talking to Buddha or Confucius or Moon or Krishna or anybody else like that. No. And people say there's many, many ways, many, many roads and all that. No, there's only one way and Jesus is the only way and guarantee you that uh, mm -hmm. you accept him as your personal Savior and Lord, then you too will make it because once again, it's not on your efforts or performance, it's on the performance or efforts of Jesus. 
And so who gets all the glory is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. So it's an honor to serve the Lord our God. And Andrew, it's just amazing what God has done for you. Mm -hmm. And we know that I'm you're thankful for it. You are thankful for it. Now, what he would like to do to some mother is give away a copy of his book. Yep, you're welcome to come up here and have my book for you to read. Well, what's, gonna, what's it going to be? The oldest, the youngest, the newest, the... Um, who are you going to give it to? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the one who walks up here first? Who walks up here first. <laughs> oh, there we go. You got a candidate. <laughs> there you go. I'm welcome. Oh, well, you're welcome. Love you. I love you, too. Can I come back up here? Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And once again, we would like to also thank all of you. Those were some very challenging times that we went through. It wasn't an easy thing to go through at all. And that kind of summarizes it. The book gives you more detail about the things that really took place with Andrew. Um, some of the things you don't know about, because you were still a baby. Uh -huh. You know, uh, when he had the staph infection. Now, you have to imagine this. The staph infection... He was two weeks old. We just brought him home for the first time from the hospital with, um, you know, after all that he had gone through, the surgery. They had to put a BT shunt in because he had no left, no left pulmonary artery that was operating. The right one was small, you know, so it was challenging there for him to even breathe. He was, his color of his face was this when he was born. His oxygen and his blood was in the 40s and 50s, you know, which is not good for anyone at all. Um, so he's there in the hospital, and of course, they're doing what they possibly can. He finally gets the opportunity to come home with us. Mm -hmm. He's two weeks old, and it's all no problem. The moment we pull in, the, in, in, in our driveway and go in the house, took off his onesie to try to change his diaper, and, and, and this infection starts pouring out of his chest. You know, look right, call the doctor immediately. They said, bring him back, back up. So 45 minutes to get home, 45 minutes to get back, and we take him in there, and they, they determine that he has the staph infection in his heart, or the heart, whatever, around the heart, but whatever. It was a staph infection. So, of course, they got to put him on these heavy doses of antibiotics. But I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. Um, but I am a parent. And when I saw that where they had the line going in uh, to put in the antibiotics, was under his diaper, and it wasn't covered. And I thought, this can't be good. So I got one of the nurses, and I said to one of the nurses, you know, you realize this is not covered. Well, by then it was too late. Not only did he have this infection here, now he's got a Broviac line infection from the feces. And, well, trust me, when the surgeon got, a, got wind of that, he made a beeline down to where Andrew was at, and I'm, I feel bad for whoever the nurse was on duty at that time because he was not kind at all and really kind of tore into them and said, what's the matter with you? Why would this parent have to show you that that's, that's, the pro that's a problem? You know, that needs to be covered and so on. And his very words were, do you want to kill this baby that we work so hard to try to save? And so... That was that issue. 
And then um, he went into chicken pock infection after that, a few months after that. And then having to go back to have the surgical procedure, once again, to take out the BT shunt that was in him, he um, was admitted to the hospital to have this procedure done. He got rotavirus in the hospital. So he had no immune system, T cells, bad, partial thymus, as the list goes on, in the first year of his life. And so we had to believe God for that. Um, at one point, he couldn't, this is earlier now, he couldn't suck, swallow, or breathe at the beginning. Could not. If you put a bottle in his mouth, it was limp. There was nothing there. There was no ability to suck. Mm -hmm. We had to, this is every night, on a feeding tube, and it was by gravity. So that meant that either I had to or Krista had to. All night long, we would spend taking turns, going back and forth and holding up you know, to feed him you know, during the night so we'd get nourishment. Actually, we had him between us for the first year of his life, just, just lying there between us. And the, the um, technician came in, and, and when she saw his condition, and she told us as time went on a, a little bit early, like I said, early in his life, that he'll never be off a feeding tube. Never. He can't suck, swallow, or breathe. And the prognosis was anyone that had even a lesser version of his condition couldn't live more than three months. But his condition was so bad, that they didn't think he'd make it through the night. Well, which they already said that. I don't have to tell you that. They said that. So she said, this is her diagnosis and prognosis and, and all that, and said, there's no possible way he's going to be able to do that. Now, I don't have chapter and verse for this, but when she left the room, you know, we looked at each other and I said, in the name of Jesus, he will eat pizza. <laughs> pizza. <laughs> well, that's come to pass. This is good, huh? <laughs> he loves his pizza. I sure do. No. <laughs> My point is, we appreciate medical science. We appreciate every worker, anyone that's ever done anything for him. And we thank God for their dedication to their profession, because they did help an awful lot for Andrew. But we know that if it were not for divine intervention, he would not be standing here next to me today. Mm -hmm. It was stated clearly from those two heart cardi cardiologists, he can't live. And when, when I said, just go ahead and take him in there, and you know, we believe, and God will do his part, the one doctor says, you people are different. And he said, well, if you want to see him then for a moment, he's coming around the corner. Get there as fast as you can. It's almost like a television show where you could see this little incubators coming in around. They're, I mean, they're running to get. And when they stop, come to a screeching stop in front of us, they want us just to put your hands in and touch him, and then we're gone. That's how touch and go it was. And so, you know, we, we just did that. And once again, thank the Lord. Now, you heard me say this last week, and I know it's not the best you say nutrition for anyone? But he saw my red can of Coke in front of me. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he was about, I don't know how many months, a few months, six months, whatever. And he, I'm telling you, he was just grabbing at it and grabbing at it. And what's that? And I asked the, doc 
So I asked the doctor, the doctor said, you've got to get calories in this baby, somehow, some way, whatever. I said, well, what are we going to get in? He can't talk. He does, blah, 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 blah. He said, I don't care what you put in him. I said, what about Coke? He said, go for it. Get, go for it. Whatever he, you can get in that kid's mouth, get it, get it in there. And so he would just start gumming that thing. <laughs> loved it. I sure did love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how he gained his few calories. He got his calories, gained a little bit of weight by, uh -huh. by doing that. Not that we gave him a lot of that stuff, but it was just something to get in, some nourishment into him and all that. Mm -hmm. Some you energy. Know, you know, but the point mm -hmm. I'm making is, you know, here we are fighting the good fight of faith. And, and we, I've never taught that you're going to float through light, life on flowery beds of ease. In this life, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your doubt and unbelief. No. No. Oh, I'm sorry, I misquoted that. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. And you talk about a faith challenge. We're talking about a year's worth of assault coming from every direction that you can possibly imagine for his life. And we had to stand against each and every one of them. No, his immune system does function perfectly normal. The left pulmonary artery song, his left pulmonary artery is open and growing and perfectly whole. Mm -hmm. She sang it, I just said it. You know, he does have one. It is open. It is growing. We call it whole. Mark eleven twenty three. the law of faith says you've got to believe in your heart. What you say with your mouth will come to pass. That's the law of faith. What does that mean? It means the heart and the mouth have to be in sync. And you know how hard it is to get the heart and the mouth in sync? Jesus said it this way. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Faith is all about getting the heart and, and the mouth in sync with one another. If faith was of the head, we'd all have it made. But it's not. It's not head and mouth. It's heart and mouth. And so faith has got to rise up within the heart of a person that you take this truth, you embrace this truth, you believe this truth, and you act on that truth like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm going to touch his garment and I will be whole. You have to stand tenaciously, just like we, we did. There's no other way to say it. You've got to do it, or it's not going to happen. You've got to believe it. You've got to know it. You've got to speak it. You've got to declare it and proclaim it. And there's nothing more important, as far as I'm concerned, life, there's nothing more important than life. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. Life and, is so much better than death, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much better than death. Yep. You know. Mm -hmm. But the greatest, the greatest manifestation is salvation. And you know what? He said he would come here and he would tell everyone there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. And whatever he's gone through in his life, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an incident that took place when we were at camp one, one season. I forget how, how old. You remember how old he was, Dante? Hmm. He was young. We were at camp, up in Seven Springs camp. It was like the volleyball court in the sand volleyball. And someone, I didn't notice this, someone just starts running over to me and said, Andrew can't breathe, Andrew can't breathe. And I thought, well, maybe he was choking on something or whatever. And when I ran over to where he was at, he was limp. Unconscious, tongue hanging out of his mouth, 
unresponsive whatsoever. And I realized the gravity of the situation. And I picked him up in my arms. I want to say, I think I, what I declared was, breathe in the name of Jesus. Breathe in the name of Jesus. And after, I don't know how long it was, so many, they say 30 seconds at a time like that or 45 seconds at a time like that is like an eternity. You know, and I'm, I'm making my way back up to where the chalets were in, from, the, from where we were playing down there. They were playing football in the, in the, in the sand. Well, apparently someone fell on him and landed on his chest. And right in here, I guess diaphragm. And he was completely unconscious and limp. I had no idea what had happened. And finally, just like a flash, breathe, Andrew, in the name of Jesus. Then boom, he just came instantly, just like that. He came back to life. Well, whatever, whether he was unconscious or whether, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was an awful thing. You've caused a few gray hairs in mine. Gray hair, huh? A few. I think I look good in gray, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you look good in anything, Drew. But anyhow, yeah. this is his story. We thank God you're alive. We know that you're a witness for Jesus. Always. And he's dedicated his life to serving him. Amen? I love Jesus. Amen. Okay. You can be seated. Sure. All right. Thank you. Thank you.